so it's like everything else, Ryan, we've talked about. So it's, it's the elementary school, it's line dancing, it's driving, all those things. I touch people in a positive way. Yeah, I make a few bucks, but interacting with people like that and being able to jump in and help people is just the coolest thing. Bakersfield, California is an interesting place. I remember looking at a map of where country music originated, and almost every dot was down in the southern portion of the United States, except for one lonely dot way out west in Bakersfield, California. And I think that's a big reason why, despite its close proximity to Hollywood, I mean, it's only about two hours, it feels so different. I'm from Bakersfield, but I live in Los Angeles, and... That could explain why I'm sort of a honky-tonk inside a teddy bear wearing a members-only jacket. I mean, I'm all over the place. But all this to say, country music has a strong culture in Bakersfield. And with that, so does line dancing. Today's guest, Joel Hoffman, is all about line dancing. If you line dance in Bakersfield, you know Joel Hoffman. He loves teaching you. You love being taught by him. He's a guy who spent his entire career working out on the oil fields, but an early retirement sent him searching for the most fun way to live his life. Also, he's found some great side businesses to use as multiple streams of income. As we all know, it takes money to do things. This guy is so charismatic that he's almost like an entrepreneur without trying. I think we can all learn from him in our journey to become happy retirees. So strap in, get ready to scoot some boots, to shuffle, to slide, because Joel Hoffman is coming at us. And by the way, Joel Hoffman is not a client of Capital Investment Advisors. He was not compensated for participating in our podcast, but of course, we really appreciate him joining us to share his retirement story. Do you ever wonder who you'll be and what you'll do after your career is over? Wouldn't it be nice to hear stories from people who figured it out, who are thriving in retirement? I'm Ryan Doolittle. After working with the Retire Sooner team for years and researching and writing about how they structure their lifestyles, I know there's more to be learned. So I'm going straight to the source and taking you with me. My mission with the Happiest Retirees podcast is to inspire 1 million families to find happiness in retirement. I want to learn how to live an exceptional life from people who do it every day. Let's get started. Joel Hoffman, thank you so much for coming on the Happiest Retirees podcast. Hey, thanks for asking me. You know, it was one of those things where when your name was floated, I thought, duh, why didn't I think of that before? (laughs) Well, I'm glad you did. This is fun. I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're kind of exactly what we're looking for. You're a happy retiree, right? <laughs> I absolutely. Yeah. Yep, I couldn't be happier. I've only known you. So full disclosure, we know each other. You are my mom's line dancing teacher. Correct. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You didn't know, right? But I, I've only known you in retirement. So I, it's been a little, I've done some research and, and I want to learn more from Great. you, but it, it's been interesting to see what you did before. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, uh, you know, in the oil field. So 
I, I didn't go to college. I, I went out of high school and went to a grocery store, worked there a little while, and heard about the big money in oil. So I spent almost 30 years in the oil industry with Shell and Occidental Petroleum and finally uh, California Resources Corporation, which is where I uh, retired from oh. in uh, 2015, eight years ago. Okay, okay. Oh, that yeah. makes sense because I was, uh, I was looking at your resume and a lot of your sort of unretirement jobs started in 2016. <laughs> Correct. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> After that retirement. And that was kind of my plan, you know, uh, man, since I was maybe 40 years old, I, I wanted to retire when I was 55. And oh, I just really? always, you know, that was my goal, man. I, I, I wanted to get out of that world. I wanted to get out of there healthy. I see friends of mine and stuff that, you know, they don't retire till they're 70 and it's like, then what do you do? So I set my goal for 55 and uh, that's why you see so many things afterward. I knew, I knew I'd like to supplement it with stuff, but only stuff I enjoyed. So lo and behold, in 2015, the company said, hey, do any of you guys want to volunteer to retire? And that's, that's when I was 55. It was like, I'll fulfill my goal. Yes. Twist my arm. Wow. That's the rare thing where the boss sets you up for your retirement right. the way you want it. Crazy. And you know, one of those package deals where they not only kick you out the door, they send gold with you. It was like, are you kidding me? Exactly. There you go. And here's some gold bars. Take these. Yes. Here, yes. Right? That golden handshake. That's interesting. Okay. So. This is great because our, so Mallory and, and Marissa, our producers here, and me, we we all work with, we consider like the mothership. <laughs> Wes Moss is our sort, he hosts the flagship podcast on our network called Retire Sooner. And he would be so happy to hear you retired at 55 because that's, that's like what he's always trying to help people do. So we won't get too much into the finances of it, but like how, sure. were, you, how were you able to make it happen? And how did you always know you wanted to do that? So putting away money while I work, taking full advantage. My company had a matching thing going on. Oh, like uh, a 401k match? Yeah, thing. 401k. And so, you know, if I contributed 7%, they had put in 7 I mean, I'm throwing away money if I don't take advantage of that. So my wife worked the same place. She was doing the same thing. So socking away money to take advantage of what my company offered. And like I, I mentioned earlier, I, I didn't want to retire and not have the energy and excitement and health to go do things that I have a passion for. So 55, I knew there were some laws, you know, that had to do with 401ks and retiring early. And 55 seemed like that was a spot where I could do everything I wanted to do with the laws, you know, the taxes and everything, not get penalized for dipping into my 401k. And, and so here I am. You know, it, it's funny as I as I get older, fifty five to me sounds like oh wait, but aren't you just kind of getting started? But exactly, in a way, you are you are because you're finally getting to to live the way you want, right? Exactly. You know, yeah. uh, I think some of your our discussion before this, when before you retire, you work, and maybe after you retire, you work. But the difference is what you just said. After you retire, it's your choice. You know, maybe it's maybe it's your choice where you worked before, but you still you're reporting to a boss. You know, you're asking permission to vacation. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so after fifty five, it's like you do things you want to do. If you want to make some money, you do. If you want to say no to somebody, you say no. 
Exactly. Yes. And I think that, well, that's one of the things we've learned from working with, with happy retirees and unhappy ones. The ones that just say, well, now I'm, now I'm not going to work, so I can't wait to sit on the couch. Though That doesn't usually go very well, but it sounds like you had a plan Absolutely. all the things you wanted to do. Exactly. And, and my plan was that I would supplement my income with substitute teaching. So leading up to retirement, I made sure, you know, I knew I needed to have a degree to do substitute teaching. It didn't really matter what degree. So while I was working, I got my information technology degree from University of Phoenix online. You're saying technology? Yeah. So it's a BSIT. Okay. And I went for that degree because I was a tech guy anyway. I thought it would be the easiest thing I could do actually graduate and get that degree because I already knew that world. So I did. I was fortunate enough. Occidental Petroleum helped with that expense. So, oh, that's um, great. It was awesome. So I got my degree. So at 55, I, I went, you know, immediately I was ready to go substitute teach whenever I wanted. And, and I don't know if, I don't know what it is with other states, but in California, if you, <laughs> if you want to substitute teach, you pick your schedule. You don't say yes to everything. But if you want to substitute teach, man, the demand out here is bizarre. It's just they need you every day, all day. It's easy to substitute teach in California. Yeah, you get to only, if you want it to be, it can almost be full time. It can be. It literally yeah. can be. And I know people doing that. Yep. Yeah. I'm down in kind of this Los Angeles area. So I know a lot of people who, who want to be actors, which a lot of times means they're doing substitute teaching when they're not, when they don't have an active role or something. You yeah. Know? So I, I, I'm totally aware of that. It, it's, it's a great big. little gig. Yeah. I also, about the time I left CRC a little before, you know, I, I, Uber and Lyft are out there. So I thought, well, that'd be kind of fun to try. Again, your choice when you go, when you stop. I love the concept. So, you know, in addition to teaching, which is really cool because you're touching little lives yeah. um, in an amazing yeah. way. I could go on and on about stories with little kids who just came up to me and said, man, this was the greatest day in my life ever. I mean, imagine some little kid telling you that, how, how good you'd feel. So with Uber and Lyft, you know, okay, so you make a little side money. You're not going to get rich maybe, but uh, you meet people and interact with others who are facing different challenges. Maybe it's single moms getting in in your car with little kids and stuff, or it's somebody you're taking to the hospital and they have to have some weird tests run. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, my, my world is so insignificant. These people have some real things going on. So a side benefit of Uber and Lyft, I made a few bucks, but man, it opened up this world to other people and their challenges and made me feel better about life too. It was amazing. That is so inspiring. And I did want to get into the Uber and Lyft because I think the word of today, when you have Joel Hoffman on, the word of the day is parlay, because I feel like you're able to, you've been able to parlay things from other things. So correct. You started doing Uber and Lyft. And then now I think you, you've almost graduated to your own private driving businesses. I mean, I don't know the exact, you might correct. want to explain that, but, but is that kind of what, what happened? 
Yeah, it was kind of interesting because, you know, you do Uber and Lyft and, and, and mostly that was all around Bakersfield. But I had some people ask me, hey, just between you and me, no Uber Lyft companies, just between you and me, what would you charge to take us to Los Angeles International Airport? And I was like, that sounds kind of cool. Cut out the middleman and, and just deal straight with these customers. And so I gave prices, started doing that. And man, word of mouth just went nuts. People telling other people. And I had one guy, I didn't ask for this. He liked my service so much. He went onto an app, a neighborhood kind of app. And he said, man, if you want to get rides to LAX, Joel Hoffman is the guy. And he put my phone number oh my up there God. for and I was, I was over wine tasting. My, my wife and I like to go wine tasting pretty often, you know, at least once a month. And I was over wine tasting and my phone blew up. So I finally took the time to look at it and I was getting all these messages. Hey, how much do you charge to LAX? Do you go to Fresno? Will you go to Burbank? Is, is only airports what you do? What if we wanted to go to Las Vegas? It's like, what the heck's going on? So, yeah, I started getting these requests, fulfilling them. They told their friends. And now I, while I was sitting here starting with you, my wife was taking two employees of a local ad company to Bakersfield Airport. I've got her filling in for me, my daughter filling in for me when I can't provide transportation. So it's gotten really crazy. Even in retirement, you have a business empire of private driving. You've it's got, crazy. You, you hired your family. To, you had yep. to outsource. Oh yep. my gosh. And yeah. how nice of one of your, you must have done such a good job to have the client just decide to be your marketing director for, just for free. Uh, I know. <laughs> uh, it was, it was amazing. And I'm providing, so it's like everything else, Ryan, we've talked about. So it's, it's the elementary school, it's line dancing, it's driving, all those things. I touch people in a positive way. Yeah, I make a few bucks, but interacting with people like that and yeah, I had a couple call me from uh, Glendale and down in the L.A. area, and I was sitting at the house. like It was like, I don't know, 10 at night, and they, they called and said, Joel, is there any way you can come down to Glendale? Our truck broke down. There's no rental car agencies open. We're just stuck. Is there any way you can come get us? I said, sure. Wow. And so that happens a lot where I'm the savior of the day. And, and so being able to jump in and help people is just the coolest thing, whether it's a kid at elementary school or teaching someone to dance for the first time and they love it, or it's saving them from some trip problems they've got. It's been pretty cool. So you're not only a private driver, you're also AAA. And it sounds <laughs> exactly. So, so now you're, you're, you're making their lives better. I mean, it must be such a positive experience. You're, you're the it's, same. it's amazing. It's just yeah. amazing. You know, I mentioned line dancing. Okay, teaching people to dance is cool, but uh, COVID hits. Can't go uh -huh. line dance anymore. So I immediately jumped on and learned how to use Zoom, partly because my religion, they moved all their activity to Zoom. So I knew Zoom. Okay. I did 40 classes, line dancing classes over Zoom online during COVID. And, and several of those dancers, you know, they were telling me, man, if we didn't have that, we'd have gone nuts. So, I One, mean, it's just, I'll... yeah, you have this positive impact. It's amazing. 
And how cool that you were able to keep it going during that time when no one could be together. Right. We had people. So there was at one point they were letting you kind of meet in public, like at parks and stuff. Bam. So there's a park in town, has a big stage. So I told everybody, invited everybody. We had people coming down to line dance with us because nobody else was. Oh, my God. It was a way to get out and get motivated and see other people and interact and dance. We're at a park. It was so fun. But, yeah, it's totally cool. I don't quite know the age range. I've been a couple times, and it seems like a pretty wide range. I see, I don't know about teenagers, but early 20s all the way up, you know, up to 70s, 80s. Yeah, absolutely. Our advanced class is most mostly people who are in the older age bracket. Oh, okay. There's, but there are line dances around town that cater to and and attract a younger generation, like you're saying, in the twenties. So uh, it's it's all available. You know, uh, anybody can can go and dance and find line dancing, but. Yeah, with Libby and and that group, they're, man, I'll tell you what, your mom and some others are just exceptionally advanced dancers. And so that class has to focus on advanced, and that's not the 20-year-old group. They're not ready for that yet. They just want to go party at night, you know, at a brewery maybe, and drink a few beers and have fun trying out this new thing called line dancing in their mind. Yeah, uh, the the, (laughs) the youngins and then... People like my dad, they just want to do the uh, electric slide real quick, right? But I know that the, the the advanced dancers, such as my mom, Libby, if you aren't coming out with new dances, you're going to hear about it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> she's going to say, where's the new dance? Well, <laughs> I, and I will say you, you have helped her in her retirement journey because I'm sure she knew she liked dancing, but it's really helped her find what we call on this show a core pursuit it's something that it, you wake up in the morning looking forward to right it, it's yes uh, and she oh my gosh that is definitely has driven her it's been a catalyst of happiness you know, and maybe so. maybe you know for your listeners maybe a message from what i'm saying and what you just said is if you can find a passion where you touch other people I mean, yeah, sitting in your own office or whatever and learning a computer program, totally cool. I During COVID, I built this computer that I'm on right now. I bought all the pieces, put it together myself, you know, so. Wow. Um, you can do that. But man, when you can touch other people, like your mom, maybe I touched her a little bit, expanded her teaching, gave her an opportunity to do that more, blah, blah, blah. But now she's doing it. She's sharing things that she's learned that she has a passion for with others and are touching us. So maybe your listeners, you know, if if you can find things where you touch other people, that's, man, there's nothing quite like that. Yeah, absolutely. The things that are, yeah, like you said, building a computer is important if you love it. And then the things where you actually change people's lives even better and you feel great. It's amazing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, you feel so much more accomplishment with that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was pretty feeling pretty good when my computer turned on when I pushed the button. <laughs> I felt pretty accomplished at that moment. <laughs> That's very true, yeah. We've kind of covered this a little bit. You've mentioned that 
you kind of had a plan for retirement uh-huh. and, and that's a big thing I want our listeners to learn about is how how did you have a plan? How long did it take? How did you find like a purpose for what you were going to do once the nine to five stopped? So watching people around me, even my dad, you know, working until he was 70 or so and just watching people around me, I knew I did not want to retire when I was old, old. That was the big lever that made me say, look, I got to I got to figure out how to get this done by 55 so that I am healthy, ready to rock and roll and do things with my family. So that was the number one motivator. And then so it was just uh, after that, it was just, okay. set the date. Don't just say I'll get there when I get there. Set the date. Get your mind around that. That's what the target is set some financial goals. You got to have money. So my wife and I actually went to a financial planner. He got his spreadsheet out. Here's what you got to do. This is what you got to set aside. This is the kind of interest you need to make, blah, blah, blah. Here's what social security is going to do. Here's what your, not only your 401k, but here's what Shell's pension plan is going to do. Calculate all that. I mean, I sat down, you know, we sat down a couple times with a financial planner and and laid that all out so we we had a plan financially. And, and then, as I mentioned, my goal was elementary, substitute teaching. So before I ever got to that date, I got my degree. I knew I needed that. Any degree. Basket weaving would have worked. Get your degree and you could be a substitute teacher. So I got that all done. Now I'm ready to supplement my income and I got everything else in place. So at 55, I just got the, you know, I just got lucky. And at the same time, my company sent me out the door with, with a golden handshake. So that was, but it, I didn't need that. I, I was going at 55. That was my mindset for 15, 15 years. <laughs> yeah. How young would you say were you when you started sort of the, the real nuts and bolts of the planning? I would say I was probably around 40. Okay, so you you got a good jump on it. That's yeah, that's and, pretty. And good. I think if I knew then what I know now, I would have got a better jump on the finances earlier. Even I mean, it doesn't have to be much to put stuff away and have that working for you, uh, investment wise or interest wise, whatever. Yeah, start early. I mean, don't get me started. If I knew then what I knew now, I would have been planning for retirement in high school. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I would have learned more dance moves in high school. (laughs) Right. Me too. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So you got the plan, you got the purpose, but how did you pick your core pursuits? Did you already know all the things you wanted to do or those came along as you, as you got into retirement? You know, for me, teaching others about the Bible when they're interested in my doing so (laughs) is big to me. So that was going to be a huge chunk that I could take more time doing. I love family. So my daughter and her husband and my granddaughter from New York visited this month for like 10 days. I I could take all the time I wanted to be with them every Monday night. Another daughter, her and her husband, we get together. It's pizza and wine and our favorite TV shows every Monday night, you know? So, so God, family, I love bicycling. Okay. So I, I throw in, I, you know, my goal is a hundred miles a week. 
Sometimes I'll just do that in one day to get it done and over with for the week. I'll go out and ride a hundred miles. <laughs> in one so, day? Yeah, in one day. I've done that a couple times in September, wow. in fact. <laughs> I just I didn't have time to stretch it out. So I just took one day that I had free and went out and got her done. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> Some people know I'm crazy after I tell them about that. <laughs> and I have some sort of counter on your bike that tells you, you know, you're you're at 82 miles or you wouldn't believe the technology. It's tracking my heart rate. It's tracking how many pedals I'm making per second per minute. Oh, it's like tracking my wattage based on my weight and speed and elevation gain. It's it's crazy what you track with these bicycling computers. Yeah, so I definitely know how many miles I've gone. <laughs> right. Okay. Maybe we should do a whole other episode about your cycling because that is pretty fascinating. A hundred miles. I'm I'm blown away. Okay. So tell me, what does a perfect day look like for you in retirement? I would say number one, it does not start with an alarm clock. Yeah. Uh, I, I hate alarm clocks. You know, if somebody needs a ride to LAX and I got to pick them up at two in the morning, it happens often. Of yeah, I got I to gotta use my alarm clock, but a perfect day, no alarm clock. I get up when, I, when I'm done sleeping. <laughs> yes. And my wife and I like to start the day. The best day starts with some spiritual input. So we'll both read the Bible together and discuss that dig into some prophecy, maybe get into some deep stuff, but uh, that's every day. Start it in the morning. I do some Bible educational work at Cal State University. So a perfect day would be uh, heading over there, doing that for a while, teaching people about the Bible. Then I'd probably hop on my bike, okay. go riding for 40 or 50 miles. I absolutely love being out on a bicycle. Your mind is focused on that. In fact, I used to wear headphones and listen to music, and I, I just don't do that anymore because I'm not interested in the music. I want the experience of bicycling and the wind blowing over my face and hearing birds and rustles of animals running from this guy going by on his bike. It's just, a, you know, that's very uh, therapeutic to get out there and ride. So that would be part of a perfect day. And then I would end it with family, you know, munching down on uh, some pizza or something, having a beer. And maybe doing that at some dance event, right, have right. family there, dance, have some beer, socialize with friends. That's, I guess that would be, that's probably my perfect day. And fortunately for me, that happens. That actually happens pretty often. So I love it. I would say beer might be a core pursuit for you. Like you're a fan, right? Do you tell me, how did you get into beer? You know, my family, very biblically based, we obeyed the law. So I never, I never did beer in high school or anything. I, I just never did it. And so out of high school, when I became, you know, old enough to be able to drink beer, I found that I liked it. So it's just like Diet Pepsi or Dr. Pepper or, I mean, it's just another drink I really like. So my wife and I do a couple glasses of wine every night. You know, we'll go through a bottle of wine every night and that's, you know, over like five hours of time, her and I sitting somewhere, we're not both sloshed, no. just enjoying no. wine, you know? So whether it's her and I at night enjoying a couple uh, glasses of wine or, you know, five hours of dancing, I probably will put in four mugs of beer while I'm doing that. And, and man, the, the energy, uh, my body just burns that like none other. <laughs> 
But yeah, yeah. so that was kind of it. I just found that after I, I could legally drink it, I really liked it. Well, it's and it, if you're riding 100 miles, too, I think your body's begging you for more calories. So it's good. Oh, I, absolutely. Good. And speaking of the wine, we won't spend this whole this whole episode on drinking, but we found our happiest retirees. And this is just a numbers thing, so I'm not telling you this is what you have to drink. But our happiest retirees tend to drink white wine. What, yeah. what kind of wine do you drink? I, you know, so here's what my wife and I found for us, right? We, uh, about, I don't know, 15 years ago, started that journey. Someone recommended going over to Paso Robles and starting that wine tasting journey. Neither one of us knew wine that much. So our palate enjoyed whites more than reds. A little easier, you know, not so, not so rich and bold and, and thick. But uh, as our palate developed, we went from white, then we started, you know, rosé. A little red in there. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and now we're up to the big Zinfandels and Cabernets and Grenache, you know, kind of wine that you can chew. (laughs) So (laughs) um, that's, we're, we're, we're big red folks now. Um, Okay. We enjoy those. It's just the way our palate worked, you know. Yeah, that's very interesting. And for those who, who don't know, Paso Robles Correct me if I'm wrong. It's kind of the Napa of the central coast of California. Correct. And we're not as proud or arrogant as Napa. So, wow. And can you taste that in the wine? You can taste the lack of arrogance. Can, you can. So highly recommend that area for yep. retirees looking to, because travel is also, I don't know about you, Joel, but travel is is at the top of our list of yep. things retirees tell us they like to do. Yep. Beth and I just went to Hawaii a month ago. We were on the Big Island when the fires broke out on the Big Island and now oh, no. so yeah, wow. we were we were there. Oh wow. <laughs> so let's I wanna I wanna get back a little bit to you know, not every retirement or no retirement's gonna be perfect. And and right. are there some mistakes you made that maybe hit you back a little bit and then you had to overcome that and some maybe you Maybe if you tell this story, another happy retiree can avoid that mistake. You know, I think because I started thinking about this stuff early, I avoided a lot of that, uh uh-oh, we retired when maybe we should have thought this through a little better. Oh, Um, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I had everything pretty well dialed in, and I understood retirement at 55 did not mean I had enough money to live on. Right. Right. I knew I had to supplement my income. So I planned substitute teaching. I then heard about Uber and Lyft. So I was open to other ideas. Uh, I, I haven't even mentioned this. I, you know, my tech side, I, I've, I teach classes at, on technology, on software. Oh, wow. Could the college will send me out to local companies to teach uh, Excel, say, on site for their employees? So very I guess the word's eclectic. <laughs> I, yeah. I've i always been open to, man, I might be able to make a buck doing <laughs> this. Right. And if you're open to that kind of stuff and constantly listening for it, doors open. Right. Um, so you, you kind of said, but always, always in your passion zone, you know, I'm not going to do something I don't want to do anymore. That's what's cool about retirement, man. You choose what you want. 
Right. We it it seems like from what we've learned on this show is that it's it's not not doing things. It's saying no to the things you didn't really ever want to do and saying yes to the other things. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And even so, you know, like I told you, I'm I'm going next month back to Iowa to visit family. So I've got 10 days. It doesn't mean all these driving requests stop. They're, they're still coming in, but I'm not doing them. Right. I'm going to Iowa. That's my choice. And, <laughs> you know, fortunately, I can take care of them with other drivers so far. But even if I couldn't, I would just say, you know what? I don't have anything because yeah. my priority is doing travel, like you said. Or, you know, if I book a day for wine tasting, then I go wine tasting that day. Period. Right. Right. Well, that keeps the uh, demand high for the, the Joel demand stays high, right? If the supply's <laughs> right. When you can get me, you have scored. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. Okay. So I feel like maybe oh, I know man. the answer to this. Some people kind of have to recreate their identity when they retire, but it kind of feels like you had begun creating it about 15 years beforehand. Yeah, absolutely. The only thing I've modified is is maybe what I thought I would be doing to make some side income. That's that's expanded a little bit. But yeah, yeah I'm still me, just dancing, enjoying my family, enjoying my faith, enjoying wine, enjoying bicycling. Yeah. Yep. Those are those are the priorities, so those are the things I prioritize. You're you're making me wish I had your life. It's funny. I'll post I'll post stuff on Facebook and I can't tell you how many times people have said, I want your life. Yeah. It's funny I, I to have, say that. I have a uh, 11 month old son. And so my, I still get fit in the beer, but it's like <laughs> in between diaper changes. And then yep. Yep. the exercise is a lot of pushing the stroller. I'm like, oh, wow. I, I did, I did a mile yep. with the stroller today. That's, that's my cycling. <laughs> Uh, so there's still wheels involved, you know, just different size. Yeah. Well, you know, you pay your dues before you retire. <laughs> right. That's where you're at. It's just part of the dues. I, I did diaper changing and wiping and all that stuff. There's a lot of that. I dealt with, I, I had three daughters, so I dealt with guys and their interest oh in gosh. those daughters. And, uh, you know, it didn't always work the way I wanted it to. So there's disappointments and. Paid those dues. Yes. And when you, when you talk about, I think you were saying, is it every Monday you see, is it your grandkids or who, who, who so do you? So one of my, my youngest daughter lives just a couple miles from me and, and yeah, I'll uh, go to their house or they'll come to, we, we, uh, we go back and forth. One night it's their house. One night it's our house. Pizza, wine, TV shows that we all enjoy. We, we, it's our hero. I think I saw a picture of guitar hero. Oh man, you nailed it. <laughs> and your I wife love playing. like she was shredding the guitar too. It looked like. Absolutely. Yeah. My <laughs> daughter, my daughter can shred the drums. My, oh. uh, yeah, man, my wife can, can handle bass. No problem. And I'm on lead. We kill it. You know, it, it sounds like an obvious thing, but when you, when you talk about that desire to see your, your grandkids, I, I didn't fully feel it till I had a son, but I, I'll be working and I'm literally find myself thinking I, I have to go like play with him, not because I feel a need, but because I feel like a desire. You know, like 
I'm gonna, I've, I'm craving it. And so yes. I see why, and, and it, it, it makes sense. We've in our research found that the happiest retirees live near at least one of their adult children. You know, it's not always possible to live by everyone. And we've also found it's not so great to live in the same house per se. I mean, some people <laughs> make it work, but so you want to be close, but not too close. Right. <laughs> right. And right. it sounds like you're, I don't, yours live close enough to see every week. Yeah. Okay. So I see them pretty often. And then the one, the other, the other one's in New York, which, you know, maybe once a year on average, something like that. And then my, my wife's daughters live in Oklahoma and Iowa. So we're seeing them at least same amount. Yeah. So travel, family, all over. Yeah. Okay. That's great. It's a, you, you keep hitting all our little, except for the red wine, you really hit all the the bellwether. <laughs> Sorry maybe, about that. <laughs> you're going to ruin our cats. <laughs> okay. Okay. So do you feel like you have any limitations in retirement? I mean, from what you've said, it seems like you might have less limitations than you've ever had. Correct. People, people, at, you know, they, they, in fact, like I said, I post on Facebook, you know, people will say, when do you sleep? Says I'm, I'm picking up people at one in the morning. I'm delivering them at four in the morning, whatever. And, and, um, but all of that's my choice. I could easily say, man, I'm not available that day and, and farm it out to somebody. So I'm doing everything I want. I'm not really limited except maybe funding. You know, I can't buy an yeah. island anywhere. That sounds fun. Uh, right. Can't do, right. Can't do that. Uh, I, I, no matter how much bank account shifting I do, that's probably not, not going to happen. But am I, am I happy? Am I enjoying my family, my interaction with people and touching people's lives? Yeah, there's, I'm only limited by what I can think I want to do, you know? I, yeah, money's always a thing. You know, I can't buy a yacht and go scuba diving off Catalina with all, you know. So I think, I think it's just focus. What do you have a passion for? You don't have to, you see these little kids, you know, like you'll, you'll watch some documentary on little kids in a poor town in, in Africa. They, they, they maybe don't even get a meal to eat, but they're out playing kickball. And, you know, to them, that's their world and they're having fun. They don't need all, you know, they don't need a lot of this stuff. And, uh, and I kind of look at life that way too, man. I, I can have a ton of fun interacting with tons of people. And if I'm limited because I don't, my, uh, you know, I don't own my Learjet, that's okay. I, I think I'm better off the way I am. Well, yeah, that's, that can be such a humbling experience to see someone who has less than you and how happy they are. And then yeah, I, for myself, when I see that, I think, what am I, what am I sweating this small stuff for? Things are, things right. are great, you know? If people want to find you, say, say we have a retiree that, that traveled and is checking out the area, where, where would they find you to see if, well, one, if you can drive them there, two, if they can dance with you, like, where, where should they go? You know, I, I tell everybody, uh, bakersfieldlinedancing.com. Okay. You know, that, there's that's a one-stop shop for you or. Yeah. Cause, cause on there, uh, you can, you can contact me. There's links to my Facebook, my videos on YouTube. Um, I have a video on YouTube with over a million views do, uh, doing the watermelon crawl. Yeah. Over a million really? Yeah, a million views. Yeah, I'm. I'm a, so my YouTube channel is approaching two million views, and all that's kind of linked on BakersfieldLineDancing.com. 
Um, so that's probably the easiest thing. Just bakersfieldlinedancing.com. Click on some links that make sense. You'll, you'll see a, here's the thing. You'll see a music video up there where uh, I had a production company in Los Angeles, Hollywood, contact me and ask if I could set up, you know, where would they want to do a video in like a real down to earth, honky tonk, redneck kind of bar. I said, well, great. Let's go out to the Monte Carlo. And, oh, yeah. And uh, yeah. I'll get some dancers. I contacted the instructor that taught out at the Monte Carlo. He got his dancers. Well, that same production company has now contacted me uh, and wants me to uh, go down to Hollywood. They're going to hire some professional dancers and have me do a video for another song that is my original choreography. So that's in the works right now. But those links, that kind of stuff's all up on bakersfieldlinedancing.com. That's probably the best way to get hold of me. And then, you know, I don't have to give you all kind of numbers and stuff. Bakersfieldlinedancing.com, bam, you got it. <laughs> Well, that is very exciting, and I have to say our, our goal on this show is to help one million families become happy retirees. So if each of your one million views on that video become happy retirees, <laughs> we'll be done, and then I'll retire. <laughs> there you go. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, Joel Hoffman, thank you so much for joining us on the Happiest Retirees podcast. It's been a real blast. Hey, Ryan, thanks for inviting me. It's It's been a privilege. And I think I mentioned earlier, my my number one thing in everything I do now is touching other people in a positive way, whether it's, you know, faith, line dancing, driving, teaching IT classes, you know, whatever it is, uh, it's touching other people. So you've, uh, you've opened that door to allow me maybe to touch some other lives that I'd have never been able to touch otherwise. So I appreciate it. Thanks for the privilege. Oh, well, thank you. Know, thank you. And, and maybe together we're, we're doing something good here, right? I'm so, sure of it. Yeah. All right. Well, you have a great day and thanks for coming on. Thanks, Ryan. You too. 